John chapter 15, if you're not there yet, I know most of you that uh, are not visiting with us probably know that we would be there this morning. John 15, we'll read verses 1 through 7. 15 verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except ye abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. In our text verse for this morning, verse 7, it says, If ye abide in me... And my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the, the privilege of prayer, Lord, and that you sent your Son that would die on a cross to give us access to come before your throne. And Father, we do uh, pray that you'd bless now as we gather together. Lord, I pray for each Sunday school teacher as they teach the word this morning, that you would just fill them with your spirit and you would use your word in a special way to speak to hearts and meet the heart need of each one here. And Father, we do pray that you would just bind our church together, Lord, and unite us, Lord, as we come together in the Word of God today. And Father, now we pray for your blessing on your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. How many have prayed this morning? What would you pray? Obviously, you don't need to reveal that to me this morning, but... Um, did you pray and thank the Lord and tell Him that you're a living sacrifice and you're here to obey Him and whatever He has for you today? Oftentimes, I don't think that's our prayer. Uh, we don't submit ourselves to our God necessarily. Uh, but what if that became our prayer that we would re-enlist every day into the service of our King? That we would be totally committed to whatever God had for us uh, it, I think we would operate differently. We know a lot about prayer. I think we would say that we know a lot about prayer. Um, we talk a lot about prayer. I know that a bunch. Uh, but in my experience, we don't pray. And when I say we, I'm talking collectively as a church. And I think we can make that application here at our local church. And I think that application is the churches of America, for sure. Uh, we talk about it a lot, and we... We, we say that we need prayer, uh, but the need of every church, every preacher, and every family is not a seminar on prayer. We don't need Bible studies on prayer. We don't need more books on prayer. And listen, I'm not saying that those things are bad. Uh, believe me, I'm not. I got uh, several books on prayer and those things, but uh, the reality is we just need to pray. There's a lot of emphasis on we need to pray and and uh, we do studies on prayer, and we, which we're going to talk about some very basic things about it this morning. So I'm kind of, I don't know, kind of sounds ridiculous, a little ironic that I would criticize it, and then we're going to do it. But, um, <clears throat> but if you remember the old Nike motto, when I was a kid, it was just do it. Just do it. We need to just pray. Uh, we don't need to talk about it. We don't need to go to some seminar. We don't need to, more, to buy more books and spend more money. I think we would solve a lot of our problems with prayer if we would actually pray. I think we oftentimes want to ingest some literature, some writing by a fallible man, by the way, 
even though they're, uh, many of them are good books, I, I don't want to be too critical, but the reality is prayer is very simple. Um, and God has given us some very basics. When the disciples asked, well, how, teach us to pray, how do we pray? The prayer, the example that he gave them was very simple. It's not difficult. Uh, and so, um, do you pray? Throughout Scripture, God indicates His desire for us to commune with Him. He desires our fellowship. He wants us to come before His presence. Uh, he shows a willingness to, to meet our needs and to take care of our problems. So does your life resemble a crisis management or a prayer-dependent mentality? We're good at going to God in crisis. And listen, we ought to. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. But for some people that claim Christ, for some people that call themselves Christian, the only time they pray is when there is a crisis. Or perhaps when they're called on in church to open up in prayer or to pray for an offering or something of that nature. Uh, maybe, I know it's our habit in our home. It's a little harder now that our kids are old and they have jobs and it's not so much structured as it used to be. But one of the things that we always did in our home is we had dinner at the dinner table period. And we always prayed um, for our meal. And so hopefully that's not the only time you're praying. Uh, hopefully that's not the only time you pray as an individual. And hopefully that's not even the only time you pray as a family. Uh, there should be times where you get in the living room or uh, I know when our kids were really young, it used to be in their bedroom at the side of their bed. Every night before they would go to bed, we would uh, do some Bible stories and we would pray with our kids. And then as they got older and they had separate rooms, you know, we the living room became a common place. And so uh, do you pray? And <clears throat> is prayer important to you? You know, praying for a meal or praying for the offering or to open up church uh, can almost seem routine sometimes. Uh, I know a man, I can say his name, I won't say his name, but uh, if I, he was called on to pray at the church I grew up in, I knew I could quote his prayer. That's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about this morning because we're talking about abiding in Christ and having a relationship with our God. And I don't know about you, but every day that I live is different than the day before. I have different experiences. I've grown. Hopefully you're maturing spiritually and, and those things. And so the, the way that I pray changes at times based on the circumstances in my life. Maybe I am in a crisis. Maybe I'm not, and maybe it's just the time to praise God. But if you have scripted prayer, I submit to you, your, your relationship with God is lacking. Um, and, and hopefully I can tie this into how to, uh, what we need to do to try to bolster that. Um, preparation for prayer. Uh, the reality is we, just must, we, we need to learn to spend time with him. And I think I've mentioned this even in recent days. It can be challenging. Uh, prayer is laborious at times. Prayer is not always easy. Listen, I've fallen asleep praying. And I'm not proud to say that. I'm not saying I was praying so long that, that I, I just got weary and tired. I'm just saying I was being lazy and apathetic and I fell asleep. Uh, so don't, man, I would just make sure I qualify that. Um, but we need to learn how to spend time praising him and pleading with him and interceding on the other people's behalf. Um, preparation for prayer. 
So in verse 7, it says, if. That verse opens up, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. If is a big word, even though it's only two letters. I think the Lord knows if. If you're going to abide in me, if you're going to abide in my word, and if you're even going to attempt to pray. Listen, there's three things that we must do in order to receive this promise that he's given us in verse 7. We can go and we can ask him things if we've abided in him, if we've abided in his word, and if we've approached his throne. So it's very conditional. Uh, There's something we must do before we can receive the promise. Uh, Romans 10, 17 says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, Jesus says that we are preparing for a fruitful prayer life. We must first abide in him, and his words must abide in us. The word of God should guide our prayer life. I have learned in my life that the more I'm in line with God's word, the more, I will use the term intelligently or, uh, I don't know if effectively, uh, the more accurately I can pray. Because if we're not aligning with God, if we're in, in this case in his word, and that word here is rima, it's not logos, it's, so it's a little more specific, but I want to get ahead of my notes here. But, um, but if we're not in line with that, what do we do? James says we ask amiss, that we may consume it upon our own lust. So if we're not abiding in Christ, if we're not continuing in Christ, and we're not continuing in his word, what is the tendency to do? We get, revert to our flesh, and our prayers become carnal. Because now we're just requesting those things that we just want. Because we're not abiding in him, we haven't aligned our lives to God's word. Proverbs 28.9 says, He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, look at this, even his prayer shall be abomination. If you don't abide in God's word, if you don't align your life with, the, with, with God and his word, and I'm trying to avoid a, a micro study on the word logos and rima. Um, but this, the word here is Rima. It's more targeted and specific, and, and it's really because I think you have that relationship with God, with, with Christ. It's, it's the more as God speaks to you through his word, but specifically uh, to you as an individual, and you make application of that, and this relationship that you have with your Savior is, becomes an abiding relationship. It's in a close relationship. If you don't have something like that, uh, and, and you're not... Keeping the law of God, your prayers will be an abomination. That's strong language that the Proverbs gives us there. It's not that God's just not going to hear. That God's going to be disappointed in how you're approaching his throne. It says it's an abomination. Uh, That means there's an extreme hatred there. It's detestable. God is not pleased when you just come to him like he's a genie in a bottle and say, God, here's what I need. But you have been negligent to keep his word as he's spoken to you about. That's ridiculous when you think about it. There are certain things I do in my life only because I'm married to Cindy DeGarmo, Cindy Anderson, because I want to have a good relationship with her. 
God is very similar in the sense that we can't just do whatever we want and disregard the things that he has for us in this abiding relationship. And then we just expect him, well, Lord, I need this today. I have, I'm in a crisis moment. God, can you do this for me? That's not how the relationship works. God has hatred for that. When you disregard his word and you disregard those things that he wants you to do, and when your life has no observation of God's word, and then you say, Lord, help me. How foolish. Uh, it's a relationship. Uh, you, have to, so the, you have to abide in him. You have to abide in his word. And so when he reveals things in his word to you, you have to deal with it. And we talked a little bit about purging last week. If you're not listening to his word and, and we try to ask him for something, your prayer is, is just mockery, really, uh, to him. You know, all of us probably have did this in school to some level or another. You know, you, you hate the subject. You dislike the teachers that's teaching the subject. You don't pay attention to what's being taught. But on test day, what do you do? Lord, help me to pass this thing. We're all prone to that. It, it, but here now we are. This is the adult Sunday school class. We're all mature and we realize how ridiculous that is. If you want to pass the test, you need to put in the time to study. But if you want God's answer in prayer, you need to put in the time walking with him and being obedient to him. We're good at picking out the youth and the young people in church. Well, you got problems in your life because you're not doing this and this. But how good are we in our lives? Well, we're adults, you know, we, we, you know, we don't do those kind of things. We are just as childish as they are at times. We expect a result when we didn't put in the work. Psalms 37, verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. This is where that abiding relationship changes your prayer. Because the desires of your heart have been adjusted to be in line with what God wants. And so now those desires that you have, they're not the lustful carnal desires that you once had. Because you've been immersed in God's word and you've been meditating on God's word and you've been uh, be obedient to what God has revealed to you in his word. And so all of a sudden, you, the things that you delight in are much different. And so now those things that you're requesting and those things that you want to experience in life, God's like, absolutely, I'll give that to you because that's in line with what my word says. But oftentimes we get frustrated in our prayer life because we are not lined up with God and we're praying for things that God never intended us to have. I want a yacht. I don't know why, but I really don't. But, but that's how foolish people are at times. And that's an extreme example. Who owns a yacht in South Dakota? But anyway... Um, <clears throat> but sometimes we ask for things that are just ridiculous, that God, are they going to further God's kingdom? Is there any reason that we would need that to honor God with our lives in a capacity? A lot of times that's not the case. It's just because we want it. And we're trying to consume something upon our own lust, and God says no. And so consequently, because we're not in line with God, we get, we get frustrated. Well, God never answers prayer. God always answers prayer. It might not be your prayer, but are your prayers disgusting in his sight because you're not lining yourself up with his word? Are they abominable because you're not being obedient to the things that he has for you in your life? God is faithful to do what he said. And so when we see this promise here, and he says, if you ask, 
It's going to happen. If you ask, it shall be done unto you. And we don't experience that in our life. It's not because God is not holding up his end of the bargain. It's because we're not doing the abiding in him and abiding in his word. We have not lined ourselves up with what God has for us. Therefore, we're not experiencing the promise that God has given us. Is everybody tracking? Some of you look like you're tracking like a freight train on a dirt road. Proverbs 28.9. Here's some notes on... Boy, I feel like I don't have as much time as I used to. How can you abide more effectively in prayer? So let's look at some practical things this morning that we can abide more effectively in prayer. Listen, there is example after example, and we definitely don't have time to look at all of them today. Um, But here's some basic things that you can do in your prayer life that I think will help. Praise the Lord in it. Listen, our heart should be set on uh, the praise and adoration of God when we come to Him. It was a blessing to hear the testimonies of what God's done just this week. Answered prayer, uh, safe travels, you know, God's creation. It's an opportunity to praise Him for His goodness. And, and, And really, sometimes we just need to praise Him for who He is. Uh, but we need to go to him in praise. <clears throat> in the when Jesus taught the disciples to pray, you guys are familiar with this. It says, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." More than just a repeated prayer, it's meant to pattern our. It's a pattern of our prayer. We don't have to say those words. The idea there is to to reverence God and understand who He is, and to praise Him for who He is and how holy He is. If our hearts are going to be prepared for prayer, we need to understand the holiness and the power of God. And we need to come with Him with sincere honor and praise. I think some people in our day today have lost the sight of the holiness of our God. They've made a mockery of church services and and all these things. God is holy. And when we approach His throne, we need to come before Him as such and and recognize that and give Him praise and honor for that. Listen, if we don't do it now, we're going to do it someday. Every knee shall bow. And every tongue confess. It's going to happen. So, listen, if you want to abide in Christ, start doing it now. Line your life up with what the Word of God teaches. The Father is holy. And it's not some flippant thing to come before His throne. Now, listen, it's a blessing to know that we can go before His throne as a friend. He's not there to... Uh, be mean-spirited and, and to, uh, uh, you can go to him just like you're talking to a friend. But don't ever forget he's a holy, holy, holy God. And you can only go to him because of what Christ has done. So we need to go before him with Praise. We see this evidence in Paul and Silas in Acts 16, 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. They went before him praising him. They're in jail in Philippi. Praying, praising God. You know, I don't know how many of you have been to jail. Don't raise your hand. Um, but <laughs> he spent a lifetime in jail. Uh, um, he was a corrections officer. But... Um, Listen, I know when I get down or the circumstances aren't going the way that I planned for a day, 
And by the way, they were in jail for being obedient to God. They, they were in jail for just reasons because they had, you know, broken God's law. They, they were just upsetting the people. Anyway, but I get a little bit down and I'm hesitant to praise God just for when my gas tank runs dry or I get a flat tire. These men were locked up and all of a sudden they're, they're praying and praising God for what he's doing. Uh, listen, we need to praise our God. Even when the circumstances aren't convenient for us. He's still good. He's still working, and we talked about that in James. He's, he's doing all that for your good anyway. So these men were, uh, they had hearts filled with praise for their God. Uh, listen, <clears throat> praising God is the preparation for a successful prayer life. It, it's good for you to praise Him. Uh, number two, confess sin. Confess known sin. And listen, as you pray, God, I, I'm, God will reveal more <laughs> oftentimes. Uh, and it can be difficult, but... Uh, deal with it. Confess sin. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If you refuse to deal with the known sin in your life, do not expect God to answer your prayer. Again, it goes along with abiding and aligning yourself with what God would have you. Uh, you need to deal with those things. Uh, if you hide unconfessed sin in your heart, uh, the Lord says he's not going to listen to you. He's not going to hear you. Don't get frustrated if you're not willing to deal with what God wants you to deal with. I know somebody. I can, I can think of them. They wanted God to do something, and they were praying for God to do something, but there was something in their life, and I know this by their own personal testimony to me, that was sin that God wanted them to deal with, and they would not deal with it. When they dealt with that sin, guess what happened? And it was so obvious God was just ready and waiting and willing to answer that prayer for that person, but because they would not deal with that sin, he did not answer it. When they dealt with that sin, that prayer was answered. And that was one of the most, it's kind of a personal thing, so I won't share the specifics, but because I knew that individual and what they were facing, it was one of the most obvious times when you see the biblical truths that we, that we say we understand and we know, it was so obvious, like, he did what God said, and God did what he said he would do. So don't get frustrated if you have something in your life you know that's that, that God wants you to deal with. That thing is hindering your prayer life. That thing is, is hindering the power for you to serve God. It most definitely is hindering it. And listen, it will bring chastisement eventually. And it will bring a lot more purging and stuff that God, because God doesn't want that stuff there. And he will deal with it. Uh, he's patient at times, but at some point he's going to deal with it. To have a successful prayer life, we need to come clean with God. You need to confess it. Listen, God knows that it's there. It's not that you're revealing something to God that he's unaware of. Well, Lord, you know, I was out the other day and such and such happened and I did X. Oh, well, I'll forgive you for that. No, God knows that it's there. He knows that there is transgression. It's a matter of, are you willing to deal with it? Are you willing to agree with God that it's sin and you're going to confess that thing and make that right? How many have experienced what it feels like to be right with God? You've confessed prayer and the peace and the joy. But how often do we hold on to something at times? 
We have sin in our life. And it's grieving us. And it's difficult. But we don't deal with it. Even though we know on the flip side of that is joy and peace and blessing. We're stupid. We're stubborn. It's all for our good. And so listen, I just encourage you, if you have something in your life, deal with it. You can't put up a front. God knows that it's there. And it's hindering your walk with him. Psalm 34, 17, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. Listen, when you're righteous, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to what? Forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then we look at this principle here in Psalm, and it says, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth. So if we can be cleansed from all of our unrighteousness by confessing our sins, then when we go before our God, all of a sudden we can have answers. He says he's going to hear you, and he's going to deliver you out of your troubles. Now, to qualify that, it might not be delivered in your timing. It might not be delivered at that moment. But don't ever forget God is there and he's aware and he will help you. I'm not some name it, claim it thing. That's not what I'm saying. If you do this, boy, it's going to happen right now. That's not what I'm saying. But Because God does allow us to go through troubles and trials and in those things at times. Listen, we need to exercise faith. Matthew 21, 22. In all things, whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer. Look what it says here. Believing ye shall receive. How many have prayed before and really in doubt? I have. Lord, I want you to do this. But deep down inside, I felt like I don't think God can do that. Maybe God doesn't want to do that. Maybe I just, there were doubts in my mind. But listen, don't ever forget when you've aligned yourself with God and His Word, when you're abiding in Him and you're abiding in His Word, the things that you're requesting are going to be those things that He desires that are in line with His Word. And so God has no problem answering those prayers because they're in line with his word, they're in line with scripture. They're in line with God's character. And so you can have confidence that God will answer that thing. Now, that doesn't mean God's going to do everything for us. And we'll look at an example with the Apostle Paul if we have time to get there. You guys are uh, so attentive, I'm really laboring in some of these. <clears throat> Faith believes that God can do whatever he determines to do. Faith places total confidence in the power of God. It's not demanding something from God. So faith is not saying, God, I need you to do this and I need you to do it my way. She had a, a testimony today that God answered a prayer, but it wasn't in the way that I expected it. That's how God works. He might not do it the way that you perceive or that you desire him to do it, but he will meet your needs. He will take care of you. He will deliver you from trouble. All those promises that we have in God's word, he will do those things, but he will do it his way and in his timing. Have faith. Trust him. Don't quit. And we're going to talk about persistence in prayer probably next week. Listen, pray in Jesus' name. As we come to the Lord in prayer, we must remember to pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I think this is an important principle. I know people throughout the years that, that didn't necessarily agree with me on this, but we have access to the throne through Christ. And I believe that when we claim the name of Christ and we go before the Father, 
uh, that brings some authority there that we don't have otherwise. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, John 14, 13, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may glorify, be glorified in the Son. He tells us to ask in the name of him, in Jesus. And so, in, listen, his name is much greater than yours. So what better name could you go to God in? Pray to the Father in Jesus' name. When you do so, you invoke the authority of God himself. <laughs> and he's the authority. And we can have confidence in if we have faith. Pray persistently. Ephesians 6.18, pray all, praying always. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. James 4.2, you have not because you ask not. Do you persistently pray? Luke 18.1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. To abide in prayer, we must continually bombard the throne of grace with our requests. There's examples in Scripture <clears throat> that we can look at, and because of their importunity and their continual coming, their continual asking, their continual prayer, God answered because they were persistent. Prayer is more than coming to God once in a while. <clears throat> I asked who prayed today. Many of you raise your hand. Probably, possibly all of you. I didn't. I don't really. When I ask those questions, I don't. It's not like I'm trying to figure out who's doing what, and I'm trying to get. Um, I'm just trying to engage you, you guys, a little bit. Some of you do look like you're still in bed, but. Um, <laughs> When's the last time you set time apart in your schedule to pray, though? Whether that was you set your alarm clock a little bit earlier so you would have time after, before or after you prepared to go to work or, or for whatever things you were going to do that day, and, but you specifically set some time aside to pray. Or maybe it was before you went to bed at night and you said, you know, I'm going to take a few moments here, this amount of time. I, don't, I hesitate to give you a number because... People started, you know, comparing amongst each other, right? I'm more spiritual than you because I prayed for 21 minutes and you only prayed for 19. Um, but my point is, do you emphasize prayer in your life? Is it a priority? And what I would submit to you this morning is because we do not abide in God's word, we do not pray. Because even if it's only subconsciously, but I think a lot of us in reality understand that we know that we're not being obedient to the things that God has directed us to do. And we're not in line with God's word and we're not in line with our relationship with Christ. Therefore, our prayer life suffers. Because we know that, what's the point? Because those prayers are only going to be answered God's going to do those things on our behalf if we're continuing in Him and continuing in His Word to abide with Him and to abide with His Word. And so I think our prayer lives often lack because we're not doing those things that God has revealed to us to do. How's your prayer life this morning?
If your prayer life isn't where it needs to be, I challenge you to examine your obedience to what God is asking you to do in your life through His Word. And I bet you'll find a correlation to your commitment to being obedient to Him and what He's revealed to you in His Word and your level of prayer life. And I can only speak from my experience, but I know that when I'm walking with my God like I ought to, that my prayer life is better. That's my experience. I believe it's supported with biblical principles. Because if you're not in line with God, if I'm at odds with my wife, I don't go to try to hang out with her and be buddy-buddy. No, we have to deal with what is between us before we can restore that relationship and fellowship like we ought to. So she has to confess her sin to me. And, no, but... Do you guys track what I'm saying this morning? If you're frustrated in prayer, it's not God's fault. Pastor made mention yesterday of, uh, I think it was the Burlington Tent Revivals. For 13 years they prayed. Talk about persistency, right? Don't get discouraged because God's going to answer. I wonder, and only God knows, but I wonder if it took 13 years for those people to get their lives in line with Christ and the Word of God before God could answer that prayer of revival. Are we hindering what God wants to do in our lives and in our ministries because we neglect to pray because we're not aligning ourselves with what God would have us? Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And I pray, Lord, that we would be a people of prayer. Lord, and I know that we have to deal with the sin in our life. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that's committed to abiding in you and abiding in your word. And Lord, we'll just trust you when we bring our petitions and we bring our prayers to you, that you would meet them according to your will. Help us, Father, to be in line with you. And Lord, now we pray for your blessing on the service to follow. We pray that you be with our preacher, that you would fill him with the Spirit, that you would strengthen him. Lord, I pray that the Word of God would have liberty as it goes forth. And Lord, that you would touch each and every heart. Lord, encourage folks, challenge, convict. And Lord, we pray for the lost today, that they would understand their need of a Savior and that they would turn to Christ and Him alone. Bless now as we go into the Sunday worship hour. In Jesus' name, amen.